Our next scripture reading is Genesis chapter 1. In our congregation, we've been in the midst of a series in the book of Genesis, and so what I'm simply doing this morning is taking some of those themes we have seen together from this book of the Bible, especially the first chapter, and uh, inflecting or refracting it, as it were, through the idea of gratitude and thankfulness. Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse, and it was so. And God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning the second day. And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the waters that were gathered together he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the third day. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be, light, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the waters swarm with swarms of living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and the livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made. And behold, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we desire that all of our feasting and celebration on this day would be for your glory that all of our enjoyment of your gifts would be pleasing to you. To that end, we desire to sanctify your good gifts through the word and through prayer. And so we pray that our time in your word this morning would serve that purpose for your glory, for our good, for for our witness among the nations as your people. And so we pray for the presence of your Holy Spirit so that we might receive by faith and be shaped and formed by your word. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, in our time in the book of Genesis over the last several weeks, we have made much of the theme of the goodness of God's creation. We have made much of the fact that one of the things we need to understand the entire story of Scripture rightly is to begin with the doctrine of creation, that God created all things and that He declared them, verse 31 of our Scripture reading, that He saw all that He had made and behold, it was very good. In fact, that statement that the creation was good was like a refrain running throughout the text that each day of creation, not just that summary statement at the end, but throughout the chapter, the announcement that what God made was very good. Well, what I want to do for a few moments together this morning is to take that statement and to explore a bit what that means for gratitude. We could summarize what it means to be thankful. We could summarize what it means to have gratitude as being speaking those words after God. God said it was very good. Having gratitude means speaking those words after him. We are called to look around at creation and to say it is very good. Now, thus far, I don't think that sounds too thrilling or too challenging, What I hope to show us is that that is perhaps a bit more challenging than we might initially think. That we are called to speak God's word after him. He declared the creation good, we are called to do so as well. We're going to see this in three different ways. First, that it means saying that providence is very good. 
Second, that it means saying that our purpose as humans is very good. And third, that it means saying that God's provision is very good. First, that God's providence is very good. Genesis 1, it ends with the verse we are focusing on, and God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. It began with verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the thing that we need to remember from our time in the book of Genesis is the absoluteness of that statement. That this is not just saying time was going on and there was matter existing forever and then God is this being in the world who comes along and then decides to make something. It is saying much more absolute than that. That God is the very beginning, the basis for all things. He is being himself. He is the one who holds all things together. It's not just that way at the beginning of the timeline he got things started, but it is saying that at every moment in time, God is the one who upholds the very existence of creation. At every moment in time, the answer to the question, why is there something rather than nothing, is God. At every moment in time, the answer to the question, why am I here, is God, the Creator. And from the very beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 is making that claim. That we worship not a, simply a, a being like us who is stronger or greater than us in the world like the pagans do. We rather worship the one who is the very source of all of reality. All right. What does that mean for gratitude? Well, that way of understanding, that ancient Christian way of understanding who God is as the creator affects how we relate to every moment. Every moment in time is something God is involved in. God is upholding. Every moment in time is something that is part of God's perfect plan for his creation. We call this the doctrine of God's providence. God did not simply get the creation going in the beginning, but he is upholding it at every moment. And that means then, every moment must be received with gratitude, with thankfulness. What it means to be a creature is to have our very existence be a gift. And so what it means to be a faithful creature is to be thankful for that gift. What it means to be a creature is that every moment in time, everything we experience, everything we have is something we could not control or uphold on our own, but is something for which we are dependent. That is... Thankfulness is not just a matter of, you know, today, before you eat your turkey, think of a few things you are thankful for. Find some blessings you can be thankful for. Thankfulness is a posture of all of life. It's what it means to be a creature, to say every moment is of and from God our Creator. Think of the language, for example, of our catechism regarding God's providence. Lord's Day 10. I want to read this for us. What do you understand by the providence of God? Providence is the almighty and ever-present power of God by which he upholds as with his hand heaven and earth and all creatures and so rules them that leaf and blade, rain and drought, fruitful and lean years, food and drink, health and sickness, prosperity and poverty, all things in fact, Come to us not by chance, but by his fatherly hand. Notice the sweepingness, the broadness of that. Everything ultimately comes to us not by chance, but from God's fatherly hand. 
Now, on the one hand, what I hope you're sensing is how that expands our sense of what gratitude is. It's, it's a joyful, it's a glad thing to, in every moment, be receiving from God's hand. But it also is difficult. It means every moment. And there are plenty of us gathered here right now. We're already hearing me say every moment has been difficult. There have been difficult moments, dark providences, things in life that are other than we would have them be. Indeed, things in our lives, things happening in the world, that we look at them and we say, I don't know, that seems to be contradicting what you just said about God's providence. If God's really in charge, I wish he were doing things differently. Well, this is distinctly a Christian confession of faith. Because it is a confession of faith made possible by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That in Christ, the creator who upholds all things has acted to restore to himself his good creation. That yes, creation is messed up by our sin. It is twisted and distorted and broken. Death and the curse have invaded because of our sin. But in Christ, at the cross of Christ, God took all of that upon himself And at the resurrection of Christ, God acted and announced that he was restoring all things so that we can be confident because of what God has done in Christ that we are his adopted children, that you are his adopted daughter, you are his adopted son. And that is a confession of faith that now interprets what we see happening in the world. So that Romans 8 says to you, because you are his adopted child, that all things work together for the good. That because you are his adopted child, nothing can separate you from his love. And that nothing means nothing. So that we can say, now, still echoing Genesis 1, despite sin and brokenness and death, we can say, behold, it is very good. Because God has promised us the end of the story when he will set all things right, when things that are in your lives right now, that if we were to sit down and talk about it, we cannot figure out how that gets set right. We can't solve it ourselves, not just because we can't do it. We don't even know what it would mean for that to be set right. God can, and he will. And so we can, because of the gospel, say with Genesis 1, verse 31, behold, it is very good. God's providence. Second, Our purpose is very good. Here is another way in which this announcement that it is very good actually challenges us. Embedded within Genesis chapter 1, what are the most fundamental announcements of the meaning and purpose of being human? That we are made in God's image. That God calls the human beings he has created to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. To take dominion over his creation. Now involving all the things of human culture. All the things of art and science and the things we can explore and discover and make use of and enjoy in God's good creation. God gives human beings a purpose, a calling, a vocation. And that is thrilling. It is exciting. It is one of the most exciting things we have to, uh, uh, we have to proclaim in our current cultural time and place. Because we live in a culture that is rejecting this. So, to say, behold, it is very good. Remember, we're saying we are called to say that after God. To respond to God by echoing Him. He says it is good. We are called to say it is good. 
that means we are called to say that our purpose, our calling is good. Now again, there's ways to say that that sound very positive, and it is very positive. But do you sense how that also challenges us? It means you don't get to make it up as you go along. You don't have endless freedom to invent what it means to be human. You don't have endless freedom to invent what it means to be a woman or to be a man. You don't have endless freedom to create your own meaning and significance. Indeed, what our culture has discovered is that if you embrace the endless freedom to make up your own meaning, what you end up with is meaninglessness. And if we want the good news of Genesis chapter 1 that we do have meaning, now we must be thankful for it. And to be thankful for it means to accept it, to receive it, to live in terms of it, to be thankful, to rejoice that we have dignity and purpose and value and calling and vocation before our Creator, indeed in the very image of God, and then to live in a way faithful to that. Our bodies signify to us a calling as male and female. The relationships we are embedded within signify to us a calling, a vocation that God has given. Every, remember what we said a moment ago about providence. Every moment of the timeline is sustained by God. Every moment, every morning, you wake up embedded in relationships. Now you have to ask, is that in God's providence? Do we have a kind of obligation to them? Or is every relationship, every moment in time, just something we are freely making up? Well, we confess the good news. Those relationships have meaning and significance and purpose, and they bind us. We are called to honor them, to be faithful in them. The, the abilities, the strengths, and the relative strengths and weaknesses that God gives to us, the work God has given us opportunity to do, all of that within God's providence signifies calling. And that calling is joyful and glad. It is also challenging to embrace and to live faithfully in that meaning and purpose and calling that God gives to us. We need both of those emphases. When we are tempted by our, cult our, our culture's ideals of infinite freedom, endless freedom, we need to be challenged to embrace faithfully the calling God has given us, to speak his words after him, to say, it is very good. But we also need to hear the very goodness of this. We can be tempted in conflict with the rebellious culture to only say all of this negatively. And we need to recover, I think. We need to um, be re-energized in a positive way of describing this. That it is a joyful good to have meaning and purpose given to us by our Creator. This is not simply a burden. It is not simply a matter of rules. It's not God giving us arbitrary rules that are being broken. It is a delightful thing to be thankful, to be grateful to God for a calling that is given to us from outside of us. And our witness in the world must have that tone. It is not enough simply to fight for the right rules. It must be done with this tone of gratitude for the Creator that makes it clear that we believe it to be good. Too many Christians in their way of embracing conflict with this sort of thing, you can't even tell if they actually like any of it. We are called to proclaim God's words after Him that our purpose is very good. Providence is very good. Purpose is very good. Third, 
God's provision is very good. This one also challenges us, but with a bit of a different tone, I think. One of the things Genesis 1 makes clear is God does not just create his creatures, but he provides for them. There are multiple references throughout Genesis 1 to the provision of food. And so he calls into existence animals, he calls into existence human beings, and in that very same chapter is described as a pivotal, central, important thing that God is doing, provision of food for them. We have specifically the many references. Uh, Verse 29, for example, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit, you shall have them for food. God provides for his creatures through the creation. And this is something we can be tempted to neglect, to forget, simply because of all of the ways our human ingenuity is involved in how we are provided for. And we can be tempted to have a sense of distance from our dependence upon God's provision, our delightful receiving God's provision, and the things that we have because of that. And our own human ingenuity is involved in all of it. But that is not new. And that was always God's created intention. In fact, do you see the point there? That just is the thing we are to be thankful for. That just is the thing we are to be receiving with gratitude that God has given to us. Remember, we are made in His image to be creative, to do things with His creation. God has given to us the ingenuity to participate in all of that provision. We read together, for example, Psalm 104. Verse 14 refers to God bringing forth plants for man to cultivate. What a wonderful phrase. Is God doing it or are we cultivating it? And of course the answer is yes. Every aspect of our involvement just is something that is part of God's kind providence. In fact, it is a gift that we get to participate in all of that. Verse 15 refers to wine and oil and bread. These three things in particular are things that are very much a product of human cultivation, human ingenuity, human creativity and doing things with and bringing things out of God's good creation. So what does it mean to say it is very good? It means to be thankful for all of that, to say that whole wonderful world by which Fruit that can be eaten just grows on trees. All the way to bread and oil and wine being cultivated through human ingenuity. All of that is God's good gift. And so we confess that God provides that it is good. This too, of course, is disrupted by sin. The curse introduced thorns and thistles into creation, the creation resisting our work and effort. And so human beings from the very beginning of sin entering the world have suffered because of provision not being full and complete in every moment. But that created good remains. And so we confess the created good of the creation's bringing forth provision remains. We are thankful for that even as it is twisted and distorted by our sin. And God, in the gospel, by his grace, gives the blessing of contentment, wherein even in times of trial, even in times of lack, we can say it is very good, for we know that every moment is part of God's perfect plan to set all things right. Again, Romans 8, all things working for the good, back to providence being good. 
Nevertheless, I do think we ought to celebrate in a particular way how in our particular time and place in this culture, this place, this part of the world, we do uh, benefit from an abundance of provision because of human ingenuity. All of the wonders of global trade and all of the wonders of the modern economy and the great provision we have of goods and and produce from all different parts of the world, all of this, every detail of it, every moment of it, is something to be thankful to God for. Indeed, I think this is maybe where Genesis 1 should challenge us the most, to say it is very good. God doesn't just provide enough. He provides far more than enough. Simply in those words, every seed-bearing plant, every fruit-bearing tree, if, God, if the Creator's purpose was only to provide enough, there could have been one kind of tree that secreted a perfect protein paste that had every vitamin necessary for survival. Tasteless, odorless, perfectly enough to survive. And God didn't do that. This tells you something about your Creator. This tells you something about the heart of your creator, about who God is. That he didn't simply give us a tasteless protein paste that we survive on, but that he gave us all the wonders of every seed-bearing plant, every fruit-bearing tree, all of the good things of this creation that we enjoy, the provision of meat after the flood. All of these good things are within God's kind providence for our enjoyment. And it is lavish. It is overflowing. It is far beyond... We can safely say infinitely beyond, because of the way our ingenuity can bring out new possibilities, it is infinitely beyond what would be merely enough. And God has provided that for you as his creatures, and he intends for you to say, in response to that, it is very good. Do you believe in deep within you as you are enjoying, some of us like turkey, I guess. I'm not the biggest fan. I mean, my turkey that I do is really good. But turkey in general, not so sure. When you're in the moment of enjoying something, do you believe, are you persuaded, that in that moment of enjoyment, you are doing something of spiritual good and value? Or is the only spiritual good part what we're doing right now? You see, God is the creator He is not just your redeemer. He is your creator. And as the creator, he has embedded within his creation the potential for all of that enjoyment, all of that pleasure, and the enjoyment of those good things just is a spiritual good. We always want to add a spiritual overlay, a spiritual sauce to it all that makes it good. The created thing itself is good. And that includes the more than enough of creation. Right? I, w- I wonder sometimes that some of us, we think it's like the enough is good because we need that. But man, once it's more than enough, you know, once it's lavish, once it's just kind of fun, we're not so sure that matters as much. No, it is the more than enough that from the beginning is overflowing from God's good creation. We are blessed to live in a time and place where we can enjoy the more than enough and the enjoying the more than enough just is good. Every moment of satisfaction and creativity and work and culture 
The embrace of husband and wife, the enjoyment of food and drink as described in Psalm 104. Friendship and relationships, every good thing of God's good creation that is more than it needed to be for our mere survival. And that is pleasurable, enjoyable, delightful. All of that is for God's glory. And it is our saying that it is very good that pleases Him. It is our saying that after Him, that embracing it, enjoying it, that pleases Him. Now, even as we say all this, we all know that none of that is enjoyed perfectly. That the curse invades, affects, infuses all of it. And we know that. And so we must hold these together. That yes, we acknowledge that reality, but we can still see the created good and enjoy it. And now, being confident because of the gospel and being God's adopted children, we can receive every moment of enjoyment in work, in relationships, in food and drink. Every moment of enjoyment as a pointer, a promise of the new creation to come when God will set all things right. And so we can say... We don't even know how it will be set right. But it is God's promise. And the creator who called the universe into existence is the one who can also recreate, make new perfectly. And in between those two realities, we feast for God's glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.